Hello and welcome to episode one of the 20 Years of C327 podcast. A podcast not only exploring and celebrating the 20 year history of arguably the biggest hip hop infused rock band to come out of Raiden, Suffolk, but also celebrating, remembering and reconnecting with the venues, bands, fans and friends that were part of the awesome local scene and that all contribute to this strange and relatively insignificant story of ours. If you haven't already guessed from my annoying voice, my name is Richard Trigg. And not only am I a guitarist in the band, but I'll also be your host throughout this series. In each episode, I'm going to chat to band members, past members, collaborators, other bands from back in the day, and round people who were just generally involved in our local scene. A scene which inspired us and many others like us, and a scene that might otherwise remain forgotten and overlooked. Now, if you're not familiar with the band, let me bring you up to speed. C327 formed in Suffolk in 2001, broke up in 2006, got back together briefly in 2013 and have sort of been on hiatus ever since. Well, until 2020 that is, when we began writing a brand new record. And for the first time in 15 years, actively making plans to be a band again. Writing, recording, touring, and we've got some really cool plans and it will be really ace to share some of this journey on the podcast with you. So being as this is the first episode, there's really only one person we could have on. So sit back and enjoy as I catch up with my partner in crime, Occasional co-host, the original country boy, see-through frontman, Mr. Jonathan Leach. All right, Johnny, how's it going, mate? Yeah, all good, man. Yourself? Good, good. So, first podcast. Let's take it right back to the start. Tell me about what you remember about the conception of the band, your earliest memories of the band, you know? Um, my earliest memories of the band was, well, it was before it was really see-through. It was just you and me sat in an annex in your garden yeah, drinking Tetley's. We, we made, do you remember the Tower of Tetley's we made? <clears throat> yeah, I remember the Tower of Tetley's. Yeah, that was there for some time. It's basically, I was working in a supermarket and I'd get a crate of Tetley's every Friday night or something. Yeah. And Trigg would pick me up. We'd go to the annex, drink the Tetley's. Um, I was probably even smoking weed then. I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, we'd get drunk and just have a laugh and write songs, really. Yeah. Just for... Nothing serious, just for a joke, really. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we wrote Beautiful Sky. And it was like, actually, this is, we're just doing this for a joke. This is actually all right true story <clears throat> and I started taking it a bit more seriously after that yeah Jess Jess came around and she sung on Beautiful Sky yeah um, and Paul Emery did Paul Emery did we we did remove Paul Emery from that track a bit later on did we yeah he's not actually on the final version yeah. which is a shame yeah. is it a shame I'm not sure but I'm sure he is he might be. Sure he is. He might be. Don't let them drag you down. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah, you're correct. He is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he is on that bit, on the original demo, yeah. Um, funny times. I remember, do you remember when, um, I remember when we were driving from Lowestoft to Beckles and we were in my car, my an old Volvo, and we were thinking about names and... A, I can't remember what we were listening to but a whole song came on and 
someone who I, I, I'm not keen on anyhow, but they said, oh, that was so-and-so from Live Through This or something like that. And that's when I said, oh, we should call band See Through This or something. And then, do you remember that? I do remember that, yeah. And then... Driving uh, through Whirling, actually. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> it's and, weird uh, that I remember that. Yeah. And I don't know where the 27 bit came about, but it did. And uh, I think you were like, it's a shit name. It still is a shit name. Yeah. But like, we're stuck with it now. So. Yeah, we kept it in it. So, um, but yeah, what, um, what do you, what, what's your earliest kind of memory about playing in the band? Like, obviously we put the band together with, we had Joe Leffley and Barry Sinclair, um, um, Jess. <clears throat> um, would have been Paul Hobbs's, playing at Paul Hobbs's house. In the, at the Seagull? Yeah. It wasn't his house. He is, he still lives there. He doesn't live there. He does. That was a, um. It just, it, this could be irrelevant, but going back to the name. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Most band names are shit names. Of course they It's the band that makes the name, in it? I think so, yeah. Because hearing like, I was listening to the Libertines and just thinking, why did no one think of that name before the Libertines? Yeah. It's such a great name. But then there's bands like, say, I don't know, Queens of the Stone Age. It's not yeah. the best name in the world. No, it's not. But good band makes the name, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, <coughs> anyway. Name's um, a name, isn't it? What are we talking about? Um, the, your earliest memories of see-through. Yeah, Paul Hobbs' house, mate. The, the Seagull Theatre. Yeah, yeah. Because he used to sleep under the mixing desk, didn't he? No, he didn't. That was that was a guy called Robin Ackford slept on the mixing desk. No, he 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 had a panic attack on the mixing desk. Oh, did he? <laughs> we could probably talk about it later. Paul Hobbs used to sleep under the mixing desk. I think he did. He had a pillow and a duvet under, the under there. <laughs> so... So your your first memory was what playing or recording at Seagull? My earliest memory would have been playing Seagull Theatre. Okay. Mm, yeah. With Paul Hobbs. Yeah, it was yeah. wasn't a great gig if I remember. Throw down your RV, get yourself comfy, and listen to a little bit of see through on podcast. Oh yeah. Um. Talking of shows, then, what's your favourite ever see through show? Let me think. Oh, there's got to be a... I can't remember sp- specific gigs. There have been so many. It would have to be a brewery gig, probably. Exit? See, Exit, Exit was all right. The whole experience of Exit was great. Playing with Wee Tang and all that, and driving there, flying there. What about... Um, Even maybe Lady in the Lake. Yeah. Last gig we ever did was... That was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Cause it's like a comeback gig after five years. Yeah, the Lady of the Lake was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Unexpectedly busy. Yeah. And unexpectedly played played well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that show. I enjoyed all them 2013 shows, mm. actually. Um, but yeah, there was definitely some great brewery shows. Mm. Um I remember when we did the Radio N release, that being pretty special. I can't remember it. February 2005. Where was that? The brewery? Yeah. I think, I just, for me, all the brewery shows were great. I've just got great memories of them all. Yeah. Also Rock Gardens, actually. Actually, yeah, probably my favourite seafood gig would be the first time we played in London. Okay. Because it, um, <clears throat> it just wasn't local anymore. Suddenly it seemed like bigger... Yeah. 
we took down a um, coach coach load of people went to yeah yeah who were lucky enough to do a see-through quiz on the way really you wrote a see-through quiz is it true yeah I also gave everyone two tickets the winner got a t-shirt I think brilliant everyone who came in had two tickets I can't remember how I did it but I know that we doubled up the entry so that it appeared that we had double the amount of people in there so we actually got paid more we actually got paid at all Um, thinking on Johnny thinking on um, but it was a time where there was felt like there was loads of places to play though back then and lots of bands yeah. to play with <clears throat> definitely felt like well there was a definite movement back then I think yeah pre-social media yeah there was always bands wasn't there there was so many bands most of them not very good but no I mean we were in, definitely included in that in the early days for sure but I still think we were probably the best band about I'm kidding by the way but um, yeah, there was loads of great bands. Dakra, See Through, um, Hookworm, See Through, <laughs> Dakra. Yeah. yeah, there were some great bands. Um, do you remember Innocence or Otherwise? I always enjoyed them. Yeah, they were pretty good. Got on the Shite Side as well. Yeah. Um, what were they called? Fought on the Right Side, Johnny. Cliffy was in them. Was he? Yeah. Sure. Well, you've already told me recently. Hmm. I don't know if he was. Yeah. Maybe he was. He was in them. I can't remember. They weren't really shy. They were quite good. Can't really remember. But um, yeah, they were about. Um, yeah, they were good. Um, there, was, there, there was just, you know, you'd be hard pushed to not be able to do or go to a gig with other yeah. bands playing. It's sort of. Yeah, it was good times. 2003 or whenever, it was just full of venues the the area and full of bands wasn't it um, yeah there was great bands coming out of Hales of as well yeah. no it, it was a, it was, it a was, it was time. yeah Beckles, Bungie Hales of Lowestoft all these places had, it was just everything was about music back then for some yeah. reason especially Hales of there's just so many even you could say look at Ed Sheeran well there was just not, I suppose there's not a lot to do no um, no, it's not like that now. And I think that kids I, just want to be YouTubers now. Of course, because they see other people being YouTubers, and I think that that—I mean—that's kind of one of the reasons I really want to explore certain things in this podcast, where you have these venues, and you have bands playing, and you have people attending, and then you know we were people going to these gigs and seeing bands playing and going, "Shit, I want to be, I want to do that." Um, and I'll tell a, you what attainable yeah. and a shout out to Cherry Wax man. because <clears throat> they got there like I think they made not made it but they started gigging and doing it a couple of years before anyone else when they were like 14. oh absolutely yeah, back and in I the remember 90s, going yeah. to like Cherry Wax gigs at Rumbra yeah hot and uh, just being like fucking wow man yeah you know, these are just our mates. Maybe we can do this as too. Yeah, exactly. That's and before then, I mean. it was Tokyo Sex Whale. That's right. Yeah, Rifle Hall. So big up to Dunks, Duncan Cameron, Henry Thomas, Matt Pescod, Alex Story. It was... John Lilly, man, because Cherry Wax. Cherry Wax were a big influence in a way. Yeah, I mean... So they all kind of paved the way for all when, the local bands. Yeah, I remember going to the brewery in maybe 2001 or... Maybe even probably maybe even earlier with 
with friends and to go and watch um I think it was 13 candles or something like that yeah it's like a goth night and just going whoa you know this is the next level of village halls why like, did you it's go not even in a village hall anymore and now in like a there's now like an actual bar what made you um, want to go to a goth night then uh, i didn't really have an option it was, i just right. came over from Southwold and was just like whoa <laughs> the bright lights are low stuffed i went with um with james deary and some other people i can't remember who and and um we all went to the brewery and it was like the first I remember the first time I went there and it was just like whoa you know there's all these people drinking but there weren't just goths there it was just full of everybody it was just like clearly a communal place I was like wow that's the place to go and I tell you another place I went to which kind of come from where we come from in in Raiden was like a was like a oh shit which was going to like a, a gig at Colville House do you remember that like yeah the first time I went to a gig at Colville House and it was just like and, you know there's all played that before seafood yeah it was played the one was at high school skaters, <clears throat> skaters and you know and it was just a time where it was like whoa I want to kind of go and do that kind of thing and, mm. um, and I think now that kids don't necessarily ha- aren't going because the venues aren't there the bands aren't, aren't there and the kids aren't going to the shows to see the bands to, to see that it's attainable and to be inspired and what they are seeing is people on YouTube and that's cool but that's what they're seeing and that's what they're getting inspired by at the moment and um, I think it's kind of interesting about um, the movement movement's maybe a bit rich but like the I think it was a movement in a way man there's nothing else going on yeah it was inspiring Um, culturally definitely I mean so with that in mind what was your what do you reckon who who was the your favourite artist that we've we ever sort of played with or supported us or we supported or we generally just shared a stage with who was your who did we share a stage with I don't know could be anyone I'm going to say Dacrophilia man yeah 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 Dacrophilia could say Chaz and Dave we haven't played with Chaz and Dave we did it's uh, Kick in the Park yeah I'm not sure we did I think we did did the selector played with the selector yeah I didn't care about that no um, so I probably would there's some pretty big bands I just can't seem to remember them they don't have to be big bands though I mean no. I quite enjoyed um, I just loved I just love watching Dakar I just think I just think Ben was such a great songwriter <clears throat> yeah oh yeah Ben's a great songwriter absolutely um, yeah that's cool though I like there was a lot of um, bands that would just appear and disappear and some of them were great and some of them weren't so great and but they were hard to keep up with. Um, I remember a band that we used to play with, I, th- I think I think they were called Driving Holden or something like that. They were pretty cool. Driving Holton. Holden. Holton Pitt. No. Holden Pitt. Uh, from Norwich but that, I remember them being really cool and i tell you who else I used to really like playing with was Rockestella who went on to be um, the Violet Violet or uh, the girls from them I loved Violet Violet <coughs> they're brilliant yeah so remember we used to do quite a few shows with yeah with they were good gigs man yeah most of the Wombat Wombat gigs were good yeah Rosalita Rosalita were good yeah they were okay. um, I think I 
They're a bit bloody serious, though. Yeah, I think I insulted them accidentally a few times. Yeah. You, I remember you emptied their fridge of beer. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. we were pretty pissed off by that. We went there and emptied I think that the happened entire... a few times. I think I locked the backstage door and yeah. then just drank the entire rider. Yeah, we removed the rider and... Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we were particularly popular on the circuit. <laughs> Swoosh time! Podcast time! Through style. What see-through song do you think you have the most strongest emotional connection to? Well, <clears throat> um, I think it's it. It's actually a hundred percent. It's going to be a new one that people haven't even heard yet. Yeah, go for it. Which is um, stargazing. Yeah, what about um, it? What about it? Do you connect to? Um, I think you're right. By the way, I think that I had, I've had, you know, I've been for quite a lot the last five years, maybe the last seven years. It's been quite difficult. Um, I don't know. I guess you know, people just have gonna have to listen to it, aren't they? True. Okay. Um, but it means a lot to me. Yeah, and it definitely, definitely writing it was therapeutic. Yeah, but I've definitely got an emotional connection to it because every line is something that has happened to me or happened to someone I know. Yeah, every line in that song is something is real. Yeah, I seen a walk a mile in a nine west. That happened. Um, no one will know what nine west was apart from girls who are into fashion. Right, but it'll make more sense when the track comes out and people hear it. Sure, but yeah, definitely that. Prior to that, I don't know. Emotional connection, maybe Beautiful Sky, just because it was it started everything off. Yeah, weird, isn't it? But that's a weird emotional connection because the lyrics aren't that meaningful, really. No, I think. Um, but people, people seem to. I don't know. That's like Cliffy, for instance. He says he relates to Beautiful Sky more than any other song, which wow. is really weird because I didn't think when I wrote it, I didn't think. I just wrote it, the first thing that came into my head. Noel Gallagher, I think I think it's him who kind of famously says that he doesn't write songs, he um he catches them out of the air and they uh That did seem to happen with Beautiful Sky. It just kind of appeared. Yeah. Um Talking of old old songs then, what's your most embarrassing moment in C through the last twenty years? I think with playing a gig in London and <clears throat> playing a song called High School Killer. Okay. And for some reason, I just remember it was like a really middle class, upper classy crowd and they were all sitting at dinner tables having dinner and I was in a vest top and a baseball cap. Standard. <laughs> Singing, if you don't give a fuck, we don't give a fuck, put your motherfucking hands in the air. <laughs> Which like a like, and just, Looking out to the crowd and just seeing the faces of all being like, what the fuck is this? And me looking back at them thinking, I just want to get off this stage. <laughs> get out of here. Not understanding why we'd been booked to play there. I don't I can't remember where it was. I just remember Uri Geller was there. The, the spoon... Uri Geller was there, spoon yeah. Spoon guy. Yeah. I wish I'd have known that. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Am I a fan? No, that's probably a little bit far-fetched. But that often happened, I think, because... 
now it doesn't really matter. Now it's celebrated to be an amalgamation of different genres. Back then it wasn't. No, you're, you're so completely right, yeah. It was difficult to get booked. We just used to get booked to these fucking rant gigs that we shouldn't have been playing. We should yep. get, get booked on goth nights, playing to goth crowds. Booked at like these this middle class venue or whatever. Booked at fucking... Yeah, no, you're right. We and used weird. to... Even picking on a hip-hop night. We weren't really a hip-hop... We're not a hip-hop band, really. No. So we kind of stuck out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays it seems to be like... Because well, the only hip-hop element is my is my rapping, really. Yeah. Seems to be the thing these days to, to be... It's my favourite genre of music, but... Whatever, you know, whatever... Yeah. This bit of that seems to be like... Yeah, like you said, it's, it's celebrated, but then it definitely wasn't. You were either one or the other, and... You couldn't really we be... We got turned down quite a few times by record companies because of that reason. Got turned down a lot. Like, I remember going to a uh, press agency with Adam and they were like, oh, we need to pigeonhole you. You can't be hip-hop and funk and rock and this and this. You have to be one or the other. Um, yeah. Well, big up to us for not doing it. Yeah. F- <coughs> fuck the man. Yeah, too high. Um, fuck the system, man. Yeah, um, that's just the times of you know how it was back then, though, wasn't it? But yeah, you listen now to rappers like Rest in Peace, Triple X, Tentacion, Little Peep, uh, Juice Worlds. They're like stylistically, they just cross so many genres. Yeah, they do. Especially Triple yeah. X. Yeah. One minute is death metaling, screaming. Mm. Next minute he's rapping. Yeah. Next minute, there's a bit of funk in there, and it's like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. I heard it. it was so refreshing. I was like, what the fuck is this? There's a man? few like that. A, and a part of me was like, we were doing this kind of 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, there's a chap called, uh, is it Ghost Mane? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of doing yeah. like, I, I don't even know what you'd call it, but the point being, it's it's a it's a mix of this, that, and everything, and no one seems to be giving a shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, celebrated. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, what's your favourite? see-through track to perform live so I'm guessing this is probably going to be one of the old ones but guess see if you can guess um Beautiful Sky no it's near, nearly though oh no so, not nearly at all but there's one of them so wrong nah I don't know it's got to be Radio N man mm. just because it's always the opener yeah <clears throat> and you just come on and it's riff bang in fat beat yeah it's good isn't it yeah so I uh, yeah. I think it'd probably be mine. I think um, it's. I'm so comfortable. I'm just. I'm just so comfortable playing it. It's just stuck in my head. So it's like, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, radio in. Good answer. It's probably the correct answer. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ten. Ten points there. Thank you. Um, you're very welcome. Um, what do I? What can I get a point? You can collect them. Yeah. And then save them up every time you do a podcast. Do you remember getting um, Liam to do things for points? No. So me and Henry, I don't know if you were that, actually, me and Henry were getting to do, like, say, down three cans of beer and you can have ten points. Oh, all right, cool. And Liam would do it. Yeah. And it would be like, eat this and you can have 20 points. Well, Liam points would, win prizes. Liam would do it. And then, like, at the end of the night, he went, what What can I actually buy with these points? Well, <laughs> 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 oh, you can't buy anything with them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> why have I done all this stuff then <laughs> well I, I don't know but you've got a thousand points <laughs> oh brilliant what's your uh, that is funny what is your 
What's the funniest? What's the funniest memory you've got of band stuff? Do you think? <clears throat> uh, I mean, twenty years. I mean, and one that you can that we could put on the internet. So, one I could put on the internet. Fucking hell, narrows it down. Like, actually, what about? I'd say a good one is playing at UEA. Yeah. No, playing at the Art Center. Okay. For a grant. Yeah. Five grand or something. Right. Yeah. And um. Coldplay's uh, the woman that found a Coldplay right was slagging us off okay and she asked where the toilet was yeah and Paul directed her into a <laughs> Paul directed her into a closet and locked the door <laughs> <laughs> is that true <laughs> yeah that's amazing another and then ten shouted points. through the door <laughs> you found a Coldplay well I'm Paul Emery drummer of Seafood 27 <laughs> now fuck off brilliant but she hated us but we still got the grant anyway so fuck it and that's amazing you literally yeah. directed her into a broom cupboard at the art centre into a broom cupboard and locked the door oh, that's incredible I didn't didn't know that story I literally forgot about that until just now well <laughs> I've lost for words Not, definitely another 10 points um, what <laughs> so it's just in here that's unbelievable brilliant and that was it at the art centre yeah amazing it's just like a random door there for some reason and I don't know it's just full of fucking like stuff it was like a janitor room I think yeah and Paul directed her to there directed her into the janitor's room and then locked the kid locked the door there's a key in it oh that's brilliant what are you looking like 2020 we decided you know we're gonna make a record and do some stuff for the 20th anniversary and disband stuff but what are you most looking forward to about being back what's what are you looking forward to doing most with C327 2.0 I'm looking forward to having a finished product but probably just want to gig again really man to gig in yeah looking forward to gigging again just seeing what reaction we get but okay. definitely looking forward to having a fin. I want, just want to hear these songs these new songs finished that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most Right. Just having a finished product and being like, we've done it, we've done it now. Yeah. Let's, let's go gig it. Yeah. That's always the best feeling. I think so, yeah. Having those songs and being like, yeah, it's done, sorted. Talking about the new stuff, how has it felt for you personally to be back in a room with everyone? And do you think it feels different this time around to when it did 20 years ago? <clears throat> um, I think it feels different, to be honest. It's just uh, everyone's more sober. Yeah. It's less alcohol, really. Less other shit. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's more productive then? Or? I think it's everyone's got more respect for each other. Everyone listens a little more. Yeah. Everyone, I'm definitely less pig-headed. Um, I haven't noticed. You haven't? No, I have. You have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um because back then it was everyone was fighting for like their genre of music kind of thing yeah and I wanted to be more hip hoppy. I wanted to be this I wanted to be more you know rocky I wanted it to be less rocky which probably finished the band in the end yeah <clears throat> amongst other things yeah but now I just think I've got I, well me personally I've got more respect for what, what everyone's doing yeah I think and I think everyone has as well yeah I think it's fair enough to say that yeah so yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a nicer atmosphere. 
less arguing. Definitely less arguing. Just accepting that I'm not always right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think it feels different. We've, we've, we've recently got a new bass player. I think so. It feels a little bit uh, more creative at the second because um, creative, maybe the wrong word. It feels a little bit more productive. Um, it's freshening things up, maybe. Have, yeah, having someone come in. Um, Adam's not been able to. Unfortunately, Adam has gone. So shout out to Ads. Pick yeah, he's up. not been able to sort of be that much involved on the live side of things as we've been working on the new tracks. So it's certainly been more productive um, to have someone come in and. and yeah and do that isn't it so yeah um but for me i think it's been like you said the biggest thing is this almost this acceptance of that is what see-through is Mm. so get on with it you know like rather than fighting for a a genre or trying to be edgy or um or more this or more this it's just yeah this is that's just it you know just and just so everyone's sort of accepting and kind of cracks on with it so it's yeah I think it's been um, I think it's been good definitely yeah. isn't it um, and do you think we've approached it the writing the create the creative process differently to how we would have done 20 years ago because I think we were forced to yeah because of covid but i know i thought that but then i thought actually it started with me and you just in a room like i'd write some beats and then give them to you and you'd rap over them and mm. to be honest that hasn't been too far off that now is it kind of right. almost gone back to how we started <coughs> the way i've written is has been different this time sure yeah. i've um not written anything down on paper this time yeah i've just sat until something comes into my head recorded it and then um, push stop sat and listened to it wait until something else comes into my head and then record that so it's a different different way of writing okay it seems to have worked I've enjoyed it more do you think you continue writing more stuff in that vein or yeah I enjoyed it more I yeah. think enjoyed it more that's cool um, so you're not really overthinking it then either no I think that's important sometimes isn't it I think you can yeah. overthink things and especially when you write it down yourself. you overthink it a bit and yeah and but a lot of like some mad business like, a, like some of that is freestyled some of that is just like like three or four lines just come off the top of my head and then I'd stop listen back to it think sounds a bit rough but it's all right actually yeah and maybe we record it and that would have never happened if i'd written it down no so <clears throat> definitely definitely different yeah definitely better i think cool i don't know about you no i mean i th- i think lyrically i think it's the strongest lyrics you've you, you you've written on the newest track they're the most poignant and poetically clever um, I'm really looking forward to um, finding out what people make of them to be honest because I think the music's the best as well there's more space it's just like, you've done a great job with the music like thanks 
a million voices which um <clears throat> yeah that's just sounding great now there's um seven new tracks uh sort of done that we're going to record and it's about another five or six ready to go f for the next one so yeah it's been a productive year for yeah. us probably the most productive year in 20 years yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> so something's happened something's gone right um Okay, what's your proudest, almost unforgettable moment in the band so far? I guess making Radio In. Yeah? Yeah, that record. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that record. Yeah, it was 17 years ago we made um, Radio In, you know? Yeah, it's fucking, fucking hell, it's messed up, isn't it? Yep, yeah, and... We made that at the mill in this, and that's where we're going back. Is it really 17 years? Yeah, and that's where we're going back to do the new record. Um, it was the first time that we immersed ourselves in in making a record back in the day and um, sort of trying to capture a vibe. And mm. it'd be nice to try and do that again. That's what we're going to try and do. That's why we're going back there to try and capture the vibe and yeah. immerse ourselves in the record rather than dribs and drabs. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Radio N was, was, was probably the, you know, for me, probably the proudest moment. It's yeah. Maybe not realized at the time, but looking back after, after I remember listening time, to it after recording it, recording after recording it in the car and just thinking, fucking hell, this is good. And it still sounds <coughs> great. I mean, it's yeah, not like, it's good. It's not it's just not even about the not even fussed about like the quality of the recording and which is great, but it's just the urgency mm. about it all, and it just has a. When we always use the word timeless, way too much in this band, but it does have a timeless quality. I think I don't think it sounds old and dated, which I think is a massive shout out to. Johnny who produced it and the songs that we'd worked on and the time that we put into it I think that that all came together in a Johnny you know, Cole that is yeah it's rare that you get records that don't date I think that that says something about the record doesn't it so yeah um, yeah I'd agree that it's, it's a proud moment to be honest um, mm. the artwork the name yeah the artwork's kind of iconic now. I think so yeah it's not really well. It's iconic, iconic for us. <laughs> it, it's only because it said, it "Was it you? You said it's got to have in the in the in the inlay. It has to have the the words. It's time to get your Nikes on and start rapping." Does it say that? Yeah, it does say that. It's hidden in there. Sweet. Yeah. So it's got a Nike on the front, an old Nike on the front with Radio N written on it, which is R E Y D O N Radio N. It's not spelled like that. It's it's us being clever, but um, mm. kind of cool. I had, I came up with that name. I won. We did short straws at the outside the Harbour Inn mm. in Southwold, and I won that. And everyone was proper pissed off. But actually, did you come up with that name? I did. Yeah, I think I come up with it. No, you didn't. You were dead set against it. No, yeah. I'm sure, I wasn't. Man. Uh, you were, and I um, we did short straws, and I was like bollock because I think this is the best name. But then I won, so I was like, wicked. What did I want to call it? God knows. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, things work work out for a reason, don't they? And yeah, that one certainly did. So let's hope that um, the next one is uh, got the same vibe. So fingers crossed. So the last thing I was going to ask you, Johnny, is over the years we've been known to smash out a cover or two. Yeah, but let's imagine if you could hear anybody living or dead covering a see-through song who would that be i think you know the answer to this i don't i think you do oh do i yeah what are you gonna say juice world juice world right um yeah juice world would be cool wouldn't it? would he be good at doing a see-through cover i think he'd be good at doing anything okay rest in peace thank you he's a genius um anyone i don't know maybe jay-z would be good wouldn't it yeah that'd be cool yeah. Probably my favourite cover we've done would be um, Fight for Your Right. Yeah. I just think that, that I mean, there's quite a lot of similarities <clears throat> between that era of Beastie Boys and, and See Through, anyhow, mm-hmm. and the kind of fuck you, I don't really give a fuck kind of. Did enjoy um... attitude. 99 Problems is good. 99 Problems, yeah. No, we only covered like one verse of it. We did, yeah. We well, also remember we did a gig where we did like a medley of covers. Yeah, nothing. That was a good. That was good fun playing nothing. Yeah, we by, did by A. And we had what was it? A A team. A team. Yeah, Bergerac. God knows what was in that. I dread to think. Ironside. Um, Morse we covered Morse <laughs> not cover Morse <laughs> but the, ironically that, that gig we did was when the first time that we met our friend Mike who turned up at a private party wearing a see-through hoodie that we hadn't sold him that he'd brought off somebody else and he turned up singing everything it was the first time we ever did a show where I remember going that that person knows every lyric to yeah to our songs and no idea who he is yeah I, I mean, still don't <laughs> <laughs> love him but it was uh, yeah, that was kind of a cool moment I think even though we were doing an A-team cover and <laughs> I think we should get people to send in see-through covers Oh man, if people want to send in the see-through cover, I'd love to hear it. Chris Brown did one recently, which is fantastic. Chris Brown made Brilliant. a medley of um, Under Milk Wood. For a lifetime. And for a lifetime. And Morse. And we, <laughs> there was no Morse there. <laughs> we did um, cover Morse. But it was, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know how you go and find that. I would try and direct <clears> you to it. But, so um, anyone listening... If, uh, you know any of the three listeners if there's any musicians listening who want to send in a see-through cover go for it 10 points up for grabs yeah where would they send it to any of the any of the socials it's all see-through 27 that would be great fun um, yeah absolutely we you know we've got a bunch of um, our Radio N CDs still so absolutely if you want to do a rendition or a verse or to be honest like whatever anything you want anything you want um, there's a there's 10 points up for grabs and you only need a yeah. thousand points 
get yourselves a copy <laughs> of Radio N. Um, you need a thousand points to um, match with Liam. Yeah, um, Liam's still on course to win his, his copy of Radio N yeah. from 2005. <laughs> He's still waiting. Um, so anyone that sends in a see-through cover gets a copy of Radio N? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We'll do that. Um, we might run out of copies of Radio N. How many is left? All, all of them. All of them, of course. <laughs> no, there's, I don't know, there's maybe, I, I reckon there's 50 copies left. Um, never to be remade um, I think we did originally the original run was hang on the original run was I think there's been 750 Radio N's made yeah and we've got about 50 left ish so you're pretty much getting the charts these days or maybe not over yeah 15 years but yeah You'd, nearly, you'd probably nearly chart somewhere in some kind of... I mean, there's charts for everything. Yeah. We'd probably be number 100 in the alternative Suffolk rock <clears throat> pop charts these days. Yeah. For that many sales. But I think we've done about, in total, over the years, I think we've done about 700. Um, well, thanks, mate. No it's worries. It's been ace. Um, how ace buildings. How ace buildings. Next time, let's... Um, We'll chat to somebody else, and I'm really looking forward to you and I chatting to um, other people from back in the day, um, people involved in the scene, and getting their take on the olden days and the scene and the state of music in the area. Um, I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, man. Should be good. So, yeah, that's it. Cool. Thanks a lot. We're out. Sweet. Swish.